Madame et Monsieur, écoutez bien. Welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles McDonald, brought to you in association with Force Magazine on World Radio Paris. Bonjour and welcome to Fashion Mode. This is a primetime fashion show for World Radio Paris and World Radio Monaco, brought to you in association with Force Magazine. I'm Charles Daniel MacDonald and I'll be hosting the show exclusively for the WRP Network. Yet again, we're under starters' orders as the fashion calendar strikes time for the autumn winter 21-22 ready-to-wear offerings. In the show, I'll be looking at the latest women's wear collections from London and Milan as they adapt to the new normal format of fashion via live streaming and fashion film. At the end of London Fashion Week, Ricardo Tisci reflected on the way artistic expression is changing a year into the pandemic. I'm sure after all this finishes, it's going to be amazing. For music, for arts and for fashion, we want to find a new freedom. For the last two decades, we've all been focused on numbers and money. And now, quite simply, we want to live life. His Burberry collection was presented digitally, like every other show this season, and it embodied the kinship and break with tradition that defined the London collections. Tisha's collection investigated the dress codes of British country dressing and recorded them for a brand new era from the many emerging talents he shares the social schedule with. It's an attitude of a new world order in a fashion extreme. Following the social upheaval of 2020, it's hard to find a young designer whose work isn't rooted in any aspect of cultural or subcultural reflections, and rightly so. Priya Alualia, who received this year's Queen Elizabeth II Award for British Design on Tuesday, called her collection Traces, investigating the evidence of migration that exists within our wardrobes. Yuhan Wang took inspiration from the Tang Dynasty of her own cultural heritage. And Sao Nash created a moving film about homosexuality in the contact of the Mileo in which he raced, reflecting relationships between the codes of his elevated sportswear and ideas of gayness. Our school dedicated its non-binary collection to London Trans Plus Plaid, and Bianca Saunders continued her study of the changing face of masculinity and men's approach to dressing. Visually compared with the exuberance of those who preceded him, the expression of the new designer generation is somewhat muted. Their analytical investigations of dress codes, from formal wear to sportswear, and how to change them for the anti-paracial, anti-imperialist environment they are calling for, cuts a quiet contrast to the slightly older designers like Matty Bovan, whose explosive visual universe is still going strong. This season, he reflected on the dystopian reality of the pandemic in a collection that exercised naval references in a narrative about a sinking ship. It's definitely escapism, but the narrative isn't necessarily resolved. Do we know if the characters are rescued? I don't know. I like it to be open-ended, he said, a realist in Dreamer's Cause. Michael Harpin's take on current affairs was more optimistic. Like most of the London establishment, his collection was about the emergent wardrobe of the post-lockdown world. What people are going to wear when they come out of lockdown, 
as he said. Harpern's catsuits, jumpsuits and sarongs weren't proposals for an autumn day out of confinement, but they weren't follies either. You want to feel like you're putting on clothing again. You want to feel different than normal. It's not some chiffon thing you waft around in home, but something you can actually go out in. He said, I'm sick of comfort wear. However, on the other hand, Molly Goddard may be very pregnant, but she wasn't giving into sweatpants either. Her sprightly collection was full of the jaunty silhouettes and bright colours that have made her the hearts of clientele worldwide as her brand begins to grow faster and fonder. Also very pregnant and busy homeschooling, Simone Rocha's tough romanticism had a rebellious back-to-school attitude about it. A uniform for a collective mentality, once we all get back to work or whatever we should be doing. In that sense, the London collections were an exercise in concrete proposals as to what our emergent wardrobe might look like, informed by what we've been up to and through, and often suspended through the comfort zone of loungewear and dressing up. Appropriately for a collection made in lockdown, Emilia Wickstead took inspiration from Alfred Hitchcock's rear window in an indoor-outdoor collection that juggled domestic and formal dress codes. Casually, Roxanda shot a short film starring Vanessa Redgrave, her daughter Jolie Richardson and granddaughter Daisy Bevan, illustrating through cinematic storytelling the middle space we're currently living in and we're currently dressing for. Ever the poet, Erdem found a beautiful analogy to express the same transitional wardrobe, captured in a runway film which was choreographed by Edward Watson of the Royal Ballet. When I was working at the Royal Opera House, that was the moment I found so exciting. The dancers shifting around, crisscrossing, half-dressed in what they wear during the day and half-dressed in their costumes, he said. Recalling Corybantic Games, the ballet he created costumes for in 2018. The contrast between a ballerina's everyday dancewear and her ornate costumes served as a fitting illustration of her impending transition from domestic dressing to dressing up. Exactly a year ago, on a Sunday morning in Milan, journalists were lining up to congratulate Ralph Simmons on his new job at Prada. That day, amid news of the pandemic, Giorgio Armani would be the first designer to cancel attendance for his show, after Dolce & Gabbana, where journalists were hesitating before hugging. Back in hotels, which had turned into fashion situation rooms, phones were going off, flights were being rebooked, and not long after, Many were boarding on planes away from Paris, in a hurry as if they were on the run. Two weeks later, as the global lockdown set in, everyone realised the magnitude of it all, and the Prada press conference, releasing Simon's new tenure, would come to represent something we never saw coming, a fashion reset, 
an emotionally ambivalent approach to dressing, fueled by a year in confinement, and a fashion mindset suspended between a wardrobe apathy and a longing for glamour. What's building up is the desire for movement and action, a new energy and fashion, the desire to release again. Simon said this week, a year on, and after his Mucia Prada second digital fashion show since the pandemic. Like every designer this season, the collection will go into stores at the same time as we're due to re-emerge from the lockdown. Their take on the reset wardrobe, so psychologically challenged, was found introvert-extrovert pieces. Garments like bodysuits and enveloping coats were constructed to be isolative and shielding, but rendered in gaudy, colourful patterns that could be seen from space. Look at me, don't look at me, was the message. A post-confinement approach to dressing, and it also reflected a fashion mentality lockdown where marketing words like comfort wear, WHF and Zoom dressing quickly became part of our vocabulary. For the digital shows, designers were tasked with creating comfy fashion that also had to jump through a computer or phone screen. People came to me saying, it had to be digital savvy, it had to be digital friendly, it has to go through the screen, Francesco Riso recalled. To hell with that. Realising that the virtual humdrum of lockdown had him hankering for romanticism, he developed his Marnie collection almost entirely by hand. Life, it, life is romantic. A life that allows for laughs, positive thinking and definitely not for abandoning the feeling of the hand that makes things, as he told me. It materialised in a tongue-in-cheek transformation of the sports and loungewear codes of the lockdown into real dressmaking, expressed in jaunty shapes and clearly informed by the classic silhouettes of haute couture. A chic wrap abstracted into a puffer cape but retained its neat plume form trim and a mermaid skirt morphed into a sweatpant with tennis trainers sharpened into evening shoes. Across the digital landscape, the ambivalence of the emergent wardrobe had designers divided between the pragmatic and the exuberant. When you go to a show, you get the look of the season, but I didn't want to have that, because this moment in time makes us understand that we are over that. Angelo Missoni argued, since the pandemic presented her from putting the clothes on in a real fashion show, she thought she'd do something even realer than that. Take the real clothes, label inherent to Missoni's genetics, and give it airtime which it rarely receives on the fashion runway. The outcome was a no-frills, easily approachable look for an everyday wardrobe. And having spent most of the lockdown period in his country home in Suffolk, Ian Griffiths found the universal timeliness of the British countryside an idea of a transitional look. I was really wearing my wax jacket and hiking boots and my flat cap every day, he said. So what triggered me, along with watching The Crown on Netflix like everyone else? So, as far as transitional clothes go, as our impending shift from sofa to sidewalk, in his first ready-to-wear proposal for Fendi, Kim Jones looked to the Roman spirit of the house and its founding family for the tone. The powdery and earthy tones he called palette cleansing followed a straightforward and easy silhouette in dresses and tailoring occasionally tempered with a magnified shoulder, a dropped armhole. Whether Fendi of Joan's predecessor Carol Agerfeld was always quite well-dressed, although religiously light in materiality, 
Jones's Fendi emerged as a more low-key, perhaps practical wardrobe. Daywear, tailoring, dresses, things that have a certain ease to them, but which you can dress up to if you want, as he told. Giorgio Armani settled on a similar balance, in a casual sporty silhouette that felt sensible, bar some spiral ruffles, glitter and crystal moments clearly tailored towards a party mood. The dressing down trend will have done nothing to dent our desire to look good and our craving for beauty and elegance, Amani wrote in the seasonal email exchanges. Do not forget, you can still be elegant even when you are dressing in a more casual and relaxed way. However, I do predict that when we are allowed to pursue our lives again in a more normal way, there will be a resurgence of dressing up as people socialise again. And in this context, elegance never goes out of style. At Moschino, he was preaching to the choir. Jeremy Scott carried the banner for the coalition of designers who believe an exuberant and escapist attitude is fashion's best foot forward. His brilliant old Hollywood short style film starred 36 top models, eight girls and pinups in a portrayal of ladies' everyday life. Outfits for business, outfits for leisure, upkeep, travels and balls. All the activities we haven't had a reason to dress for over the past year. Even for a wardrobe designed of coming out of lockdown, the technicolour glamour of Scott's collection was decidedly extravagant. I guess I live in such a fantasy land that I really didn't think of it that way. I mean, you have to get dressed anyway, don't you? He quipped, rolling his eyes at fashion forecasts for comfort wear. Comfort schmumfort. What we need now more than ever is fantasy and glamour and things that make you feel wonderful. And I don't think that sweatpants do that. Call it a surreal wardrobe for surreal times. For lunch, little bead tresses with purses dotted around them as adornment. For work, bankers' pinstripe suits reconstructed into bustier dresses. For the countryside, Franco Moschino's cloud and cow motifs unified on gowns alongside burlap potato sack and peplum dresses. And Kirsty Hume with a windmill on her head. I wanted to do things in film that you can't do live, Scott said. Domenico Dolce and Stefano Gabbana took that sentiment one step further by looking forwards to the future, to put the past behind us, in a collection that brought virtual reality into the real wardrobe. In a radical change of direction for the designers, they took inspiration from the e-girls of TikTok in exaggerated silhouettes forged in kaleidoscope high-tech materials, which mimic the atomic amplification exercised on social media. Employing technology, the designers developed real tactile fabrics that brought the virtual look into the material world, morphing wools with plastics and vegan things too. The most important thing about technology is humans. Humans make technology, Gabbana said. It's handmade. In these pandemic times, 
He and Dolce weren't alone in seeing futurism and technological possibility as a form of escapism. For me, this is a standpoint of the future that could be. Ferragamo has never been forwarded this in a collection before, Paul Andrews said, tagwining a collection that answered fashion's reset through the genre of sci-fi. He orchestrated a digital spectacular using elaborate stage effects and CGI to build an alternative sci-fi universe in the name of Salvatore Ferragamo, filming it with skin-tight, sculptural streamlined, shiny clinicalness of futuristic fashion. Leila Silhouettes took sculptural forms with rubberized surface treatments and bodysuits ideal for spaceship dressing, which made their second appearance since Prada. The collection was underpinned by a study of everyday uniforms through which Andrew sought to develop new, more casual dress codes. After this crisis, I don't see guys going back to three-piece tailored suits, at least from a fashion standpoint. This is a more casual, more ease aesthetic, he said. When I was young, everything about the future was about cyberspace and technology, Pier Paolo Piccioli recalled. But I really believe now that the future is about humanity. It's about the courage to fight for what you believe in. Stage breathtakingly, and at times heart-wrenchingly, in a theatre in Milan, left empty by the pandemic, with Cosima singing Nothing Compares to You, a song about loss and longing, his austere black-and-white Valentino silhouette signified the wardrobe reset, an opportunity to collectively redefine dress codes and the garments of the traditional wardrobe after our collective year-long experience. If stepping out into the world changed anything, then we'll be facing a new normal. Piccioli's collection illustrated its transformed dress codes. Underpinned by his constrained romanticism, he quietly twisted and turned each icon of the classic wardrobe. Unassuming white lengthened in detail, shirts took centre stage, and a humble cable knit was serenely painted in gold, with jackets morphing into capes. Through figurative cutting, he illustrated the purity and authenticity of a fashion mind reset. Quite literally, he cut through clothes and revealed the layers beneath, deconstructing agile jumpers, turning dresses and tops into netted structures, and revealing the body under evening dresses in lace and plume that oscillated over the skin. Metaphorically, I wanted to open new spaces to give hope for a future made up of these people. They are people who share a wardrobe, people who share ideas and values. To me, it was a way to get an essence, a generation of new people with a personal identity and enforced personal choices. I hope you can join me for the next Fashion Mode show where I'll be continuing on with my look at the international offerings for the latest season from Paris and New York. With more details and features to follow, you can catch up with all the fashion news on forcmagazine.com and at FORC Magazine on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.
You can also keep up to date with the latest shows directly from Mixcloud, Podbean and our official profiles on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play and Deezer under Force Magazine. Until the next time, keep your fashion mode on.